Get ready to rumble. Chilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Edward Dowd, a Wall Street executive, the founding partner of Finance Technologies, and author of the new book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Ed Dowd, thank you for joining us today on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thanks for having me on today, Rob. Let's talk about sudden deaths, how this all came to your attention, because a lot of people are woefully ignorant. Yeah, so, you know, early on, I was suspicious of what was going on in 2020 with COVID and the early treatment and the censoring, uh, the Federal Reserve president speaking about uh, getting involved with uh, immunity badges. It was just it was just crazy making, and I I thought that they would come out with a vaccine and impose passports and 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 all sorts of things in 2020. People thought I was insane. Then when the vaccine did uh, come to fruition in December of uh, 2020, going into 21. I wasn't going to take it primarily because I knew three things. Uh, it was a new novel technology, never uh, tested on humans. Normal vaccines take seven to 10 years of safety data before they put in your arm. And then three, operation warp speed. And then in early 2020, I started hearing uh, just crazy anecdotes from my friends. So-and-so felt awful after the vaccine. Someone's uncle dying mysteriously in the mainland. So I knew from statistics that I shouldn't be hearing anecdotes if the vaccine was, in fact, safe. And, and in fact, I shouldn't be hearing multiple anecdotes. So as time rolled on, I, I started uh, to realize if I was right, it would show up in insurance company results and government databases. And unfortunately, it did. And uh, that's what started my journey. So a lot of people are really disturbed because of the actions of Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel and Donald Trump here with Operation Warp Speed, that they just kind of push their populations into this, as you reference again, without the proper testing. What do you make of that? Because I think many people are otherwise inclined to trust those two men. I'm a co-treasurer on the Bobby Kennedy campaign because of the vaccine issue. You know, I would love to see Trump eventually admit that uh, this is causing harms. He's still of the opinion that it saved hundreds of millions of lives uh, without any proof, he just says it. And then Netanyahu, the same thing. He was one of the most draconian dictators when this when, when it came to COVID policy and vaccination. And the uh, people of Israel, one of the most highly vaccinated countries in the world with multiple booster regimens, you know, it was all Pfizer. So a lot of people just blame this on COVID. They're like, well, this isn't the vaccine, quote unquote. This is This is COVID. How do we answer that? Uh, we know from uh, virologists that COVID now is mutated into, as, as all viruses do, uh, that, that come into the population, they become less lethal because they want to evolutionary dictates that they want to survive. So if you kill the host too quickly, it doesn't spread. So we've now gone from the original COVID strain to uh, Omicron, which is basically a cold for those who 
um, whose immune system is, is up to snuff. And the other thing that they can't answer is, why did the, the virus decide to go after young people? Why did, was there a mix shift from old to young deaths in 2021? So there were about 500,000 excess deaths in 2020. We can debate whether that was from uh, prevention of early treatment and hospital protocols, but they're mostly old people. Then in 2021, uh, young people started dying, which they weren't supposed to. And we knew that even in 21, that COVID did not uh, adversely affect younger aged populations but they started dying statistically in droves. Uh, excess deaths started exploding. You can't tell me the virus has decided to only go, up, go, go after young working age people. And also the employed of the uh, Western nations have been hit particularly hard versus the general population because of the mandate. So there's, this, there's just evidence everywhere that something has gone off the rails. The employed of, of the U.S., has definitely seen more disabilities and excess deaths amongst millennials than than uh, than non-working millennials. And the numbers in cause unknown, and you lay them out very clearly. Uh, the numbers for all cause mortality are absolutely startling. Would you give us just a taste of what you saw? Let's go into a subset of the U.S. population. It's called the group life policyholders, and group life policies are a product underwritten by insurance companies, life insurance companies, and they're given to corporations, Fortune 500 corporations and mid-sized companies, and you get them as a be- benefit when you sign on to a company. Uh, any of you who've worked for larger companies know this. You go in day one, you sign your healthcare form and your, your group life policy form, and you name a beneficiary. And generally speaking, these are kind of just freebie benefits. They're great business for the insurance companies because young people don't die especially those who are employed at great firms with access to the best health care. Well, in 2021, in the group life policy survey that came out from the Society of Actuaries in 2022, there was 40% excess claims in 2021 between ages 25 and 64, 40%. And the millennials got especially hard hit. The the biggest uh, excess claims was in the third quarter of 2021, they experienced 84%. That's that's ages 25 through 44. And I suspect, and I've yet to hear a better explanation, that was caused uh, in the third quarter, these uh, the months of August, September, October. That was caused by mandates because millennials knew that they weren't going to be affected by this. They're, they tend to be lazy, young, and uh, risk takers, and then they were forced to get the jab. And that's what caused that temporal, very sudden spike in excess claims in the third quarter. So, just, that's, a, that's, a, that's a subset of uh, the general U.S. population. The general U.S. population experienced 32% excess mortality in 2021. We're running now in 2023 around uh, anywhere between 15 and 20%. The group life policyholders, I was told uh, yesterday via one of my whistleblowers in the insurance industry, the survey with the, the Society of Actuaries survey hasn't come out yet, but it's running at 34% for millennials. You can't make this up. So as we look at this, what is the effect on the rates and on the actuaries? I mean, they've got to be looking at this and saying we have to adjust something here because we can't survive with these sorts of numbers. So there's insurance is a Byzantine business with uh, all sorts of accounting rules that most people don't understand. But group life policies, because the contracts are renewed every one to three years, uh, they saw the losses there first because those are shorter duration contracts. So from accounting rules, they have to recognize the losses. What they've done and how they responded was raising prices. So pricing has gone way up. Whole life policies are those policies that are given to individuals who 
you know, maybe um, better off economically and they buy a $5 million policy. A lot of those policies were written pre-COVID and uh, the insurance companies are going to take huge losses on, on those products uh, when they have to change their long-term mortality assumptions, which they will because the experience that they're seeing uh, is way higher. And uh, they're, they're going to, we're going to be seeing large insurance company write-offs probably starting at the end of this year into next. So the insurance companies can't hide this for too much longer. Could we imagine, Ed, that this this is only going to get worse as time goes on, or do we think that the uh, the worst is behind us here as far as the curve goes? My hope was that we uh, we all know the booster uptake is abysmal and is, is down. What, what really bothered me was this summer I saw uh, disabilities, as measured by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, shoot up another million in June, July, and August. We had hit a high in September of 2022 on disabilities of 33.2 million, up from the four-year average of about 30. So, that, and, and about half of those added were employed. Then I was hopeful that the trend growth had slowed. It did. It went sideways, but it then broke out again in this summer. And so disabilities auger um, mortality down the road. Morbidity leads mortality. So unfortunately. At this point, I think we have to conclude there may be some medium-term effects from the vaccine that we're that are occurring. We do know from some of our work we've done post the book that cancers in the UK shot up statistically significantly in uh, 2022. So cancers are on the rise. So th- this is this is something that we need to, as a globe and as a nation, address, point out the problem, and then and then hopefully fix it. But until we uh, have become the Jesus moment and admit what's going on, people are going to be in the dark and they're going to be treating symptoms, not the root cause, which is potentially spike protein poisoning, which you, you, which I'm aware of protocols to detox this. So there is a lot of hope, but if people don't know, they don't know. Let's talk about some of the subgroups. One of them that you mentioned, and we're hearing these stories all the time, is healthy young athletes who are just dropping dead. Uh, these are probably some of the healthiest in our society and yet they seem to be particularly vulnerable. Give us a couple of examples. What's going on there? We surveyed a bunch of news articles from local news, internet uh, publications, and uh, we didn't comment specifically on any individual person, Mm -hmm. but we noted that the frequency of this occurring is way up. And there's a study that was done in 2006, the Lusane Switzerland study, that tried to attempt to put a number on sudden athletic deaths, and this, this obviously is way before COVID, and they found 1,101 such incidences where someone died on the field or like on the way to the, hosp- on the, way to the hospital. So those were labeled as sudden athletic deaths under age 35. They found 1,101 over a 38-year period globally. That's 29 a year. So the phenomenon did occur, but, you know, 29 a year is basically – so rare, and it's and when it happened, we you know you'd hear about it. Now the frequency is 10, 20 fold. It's happening all the time. These stories only really appear in local you know internet uh, news, let's call them newspapers, and they don't ever make it to national. But some of them do. Demar Hamlin, who you know I don't know what happened to him, but what happened to him is occurring with regularity across the world now. What are they claiming as the cause of death? Because uh, this has got to be getting suspicious. A lot of the uh, the cause of deaths are unknown. Uh, they and when they do, they they point to some very 
uh, rare condition that if you get hit in a certain spot, uh, this is going to take you out. And uh, they seem to, a lot of times, autopsies aren't performed. And they try to normalize this by saying this happened all the time before. And they just don't want to look at the math. And they want to gaslight you and tell you that this, is, this has been happening forever. And, you know, I'm 56. This, isn't, this is not something that I dealt with as a kid. This is not something I needed to worry about, people dropping dead on the soccer field or the, 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 you know, the football field or the high school practice football field. It just didn't happen. But yet they always, if they're asked, they deny any link to the vaccine or has anyone admitted that? ABV, I call it anything but vaccine. <laughs> Yeah. And they don't they don't touch it. And, and and if you remember to the DeMar Hamlin incident, we do know that 90 percent of all NFL players probably got the jab. Mm-hmm. But you weren't allowed to ask if DeMar Hamlin got the vaccine because that was private information and people screamed at you. But, you know, if you go back a year prior to DeMar Hamlin, you had to show your uh, proof of vaccination to get into a restaurant here on Maui, where I live, or uh, a gym or a doctor's office. So, you know, it's, it's perverse. It's, it's something that needs to be admitted because it's happening with regularity. And the only Occam's razor is useful here. The simplest explanation is probably right. And, and we introduced a new novel technology into the global population in 21. And now we have this, in, these types of things going on. If it's not the vaccine, what is it? But wh- whenever I ask that question, they don't even admit that these deaths are occurring. Let's talk about myocarditis, and that is a term that we never heard much about previously, and now we're hearing about it all the time. What is it, and what does it do to the heart and the body? It weakens the heart, and, and myocarditis, what's interesting about myocarditis is we did a study in the UK on cardiovascular issues and excess deaths there that we put out a couple of weeks ago, 15 through 44, and we found a signal, 10 and a half standard deviations, which to give your audience an, an understanding, and that's from a, you know, a 20-year trend, uh, a 3.8 standard deviation is the chance of lightning hitting you at least once in your lifetime. Uh, a five standard deviation is event, event is your mother giving birth to a seven-foot giant, and a 10 standard deviation event is giving birth to an eight-foot giant like a Thanos. So these, 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 these things are off-the-chart statistical anomalies. They're signals. We call them signals in finance and science. Uh, what's interesting is when we dove down into the causes of, of uh, the different cardiovascular deaths, myocarditis was a very small percentage, but uh, myocarditis sometimes goes undetected and, when it, and, and it, it usually results in another cardiac issue. So it's like it's a slow damage uh, that's hidden a lot of the time that results in sudden cardiac arrest. So myocarditis is probably causing a lot of the cardiac deaths that we're seeing for sure. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast continues with Edward Dowd in just a moment. Online at shillingshow.com. Shillingshowmedia.com is your one-stop shop for websites, audio and video production, and photography. Shillingshowmedia.com will take your project from conception to completion. Shillingshowmedia.com is reasonably priced and highly professional. Need a website for your business? Visit shillingshowmedia.com. Need a video created or edited? Visit shillingshowmedia.com. Have a photography or graphic design project? Visit shillingshowmedia.com. Shillingshowmedia.com is your one-stop shop for websites, audio and video production, and photography. Visit shillingshowmedia.com. That's shillingshowmedia.com.
Schilling Show Unleashed. We return now with Edward Dowd, author of the new book, Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. I'm just curious from a personal perspective, you did not get the jab. You were living in a place that almost required it for your very existence. How did you get by during those years? I didn't go to restaurants. I didn't go to gyms. Well, I don't belong to a gym, but I, I, I couldn't do a lot of things. The good news was I'm self-employed, so I didn't have to, to take it. And unfortunately, you know, I tried to convince a lot of my loved ones not to take it. But at the time, I didn't have the evidence I have now. My kids got it. My ex-wife got it. My dad, my brother got it. A lot of my relatives got it. But now the, the good news is they're done. They don't seem to be injured. And they're no longer getting boosters and they're on board. And I want to give a lot of hope out there. You know, the, the way this was administered, it, it was actually kind of a disaster. If you walked into a pharmacy and the uh, vial that you got the dose from had been left out on the counter for, you know, two hours, a lot of the kill, the, the harmful stuff degraded in, in the vial. This needed to be stored at minus 73 degrees and it degraded pretty quickly. So even though you got the job, if you didn't have any adverse events, you're probably fine. Um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't undergo detoxification protocols, but there's a lot of hope. And so I don't want people to think they have a ticking time bomb in them. If you do get uh, more boosters, you're, uh, you're basically reloading the chamber in a game of Russian roulette. You talked uh, in the book, Ed, about the sad new normal and this thing that we're hearing about. We used to hear sudden infant death syndrome. Now we're hearing sudden adult death syndrome. I've never heard that term used in my adult life. So what is it and what's causing the use of that term? Well, sudden infant death syndrome was something that, you know, I was unaware of what was going on in the world with the drug and pharmaceutical industry. But when they want to cover something up, I've learned since. Uh, this they, they they create a syndrome, and it's it, and but they don't ever tell you what's behind the syndrome. It's just a syndrome, and all of a sudden we have all these unexplained deaths in adults. They create a new syndrome, sudden adult death syndrome. The good news is they tried floating that. It really hasn't stuck. People laughed at it, and so they've kind of uh, backed off from that term. Some people still use it, but it's it's literally a term used to cover up what's going on, and that. And you'll see articles, sudden de- adult death syndrome, what's causing it? And they'll name literally everything but the vaccine. One of the questions that many people have is how we became such a compliant society. Why did we roll over like this when all the indicators were there's something wrong here? This is one of those things that they're going to have to do some um, analysis of. I suspect what happened, uh, and it's typical, is fear disables critical thinking the um, it's coming to light that the propaganda campaign that was perpetrated upon us was a military grade psyop. Apparently, intelligence agencies, and this has come out in some of the, you know, Reuters and AP stories that were buried, but nonetheless, they came out that the intelligence agencies and military were involved in psyoping uh, the general population into getting the jab. Unfortunately, and it was a top-notch psyop operation. Tell us a little bit more about that. And was there also collusion between those entities and some of the big social media players like Facebook, YouTube, et cetera? Absolutely. Uh, I, I call it a conspiracy of interest, whether a bunch of people in a room planning and plotting doubtful money, money tends to get people excited. And when this went down, social media companies uh, got different revenue streams. They got uh, advertising from the pharmaceutical industry on their platforms, which was big. 
we learned that a lot of media companies did get funding to the tune of a billion dollars spread around media companies uh, from the U.S. government to promote the vaccine and, and, and kill counter-narratives. And then the other thing is that the tech companies were totally licking their chops at the new surveillance uh, that was going to uh, ensue, which was quarterly jabs and vaccine passport updates. So they were excited about that. So there was collusion between government, media, and the pharmaceutical companies, all revolving around money and revenue and cash flow opportunities. There was also a lot of concern, and we've heard information about doctors, uh, individual physicians and practices getting big payouts for uh, pushing this so-called vaccine. What do we know about that? Yeah, so it's come out that some of the uh, health insurer uh, hospital systems incentivized their doctors to push the COVID-19 vaccine, and there were uh, bonus accelerators, cash payments to doctors if you got 90% of your uh, practice to take it, you got X amount of dollars per person. If you got up to 95, it accelerated even higher. So there was strong monetary incentives to push this. One of the issues that has arisen, and I think it's woken many of us up, is the problems with formerly trusted institutions, CDC, NIH, the WHO. What do we take from this? And is there anybody that we can trust presently who's in a position of this sort of authority? Not at the moment. These institutions need to be raised and rebuilt from the ground up. The FDA, which approves uh, the safety of drugs, or, you know, if they're not safe, they usually, their mandate originally was if it's not safe, you don't approve it. But we all know that that uh, seems to have been thrown out the window. The FDA gets 75% of its drug pharmaceutical investigation units budget from the pharma companies itself. They pay fees to the FDA. And there's also a revolving door at the FDA. A lot of the heads of the FDA end up going to work for pharmaceutical companies, getting cushy salaries, doing essentially nothing. Are they just too powerful to be reformed or, as you mentioned, just leveled and rebuilt? Because it just seems they're so entwined and entrenched that there's really no possibility of that happening. They can't be reformed. Something drastically needs to be done. Um, I think over time, Uh, Word of mouth is spreading, and so people are ignoring the dictates of these institutions, and they're just not listening anymore because the trust has been so shattered, uh, it's beyond repair at this point. There weren't enough red flags already. This one was a big one. It's the redefinition of the term vaccine. Uh, They changed the game right in the middle, and I guess a lot of people didn't notice. Nope, they did not make any fanfare on that one, but a lot of us that were, were on this issue noticed on September 1st, the CDC changed the definition of the vaccine. It used to be that it provided immunity from a disease, and then they changed it to, well, it provides an, an immune response. And that's a therapeutic. That's not a vaccine. And that's what the mRNA vaccines are. They're not vaccines. They're inoculations. They're therapeutics. They do not uh, give you any immunity against COVID. You spend a lot of time in the book on VARES and the adverse reactions. So what can we learn from the VARES data and what did you come up with? The, the VARES system has been criticized as not that good. But if you look historically, VARES reports compared to 2021, you can't even see them on the chart. And they exploded in 21 and 22. To the naked eye, it looks like something went off the scales. But the claim was, well, those aren't real reports. People are, you know, anti, quote unquote, anti-vaxxers are making up reports. And let's just get into that. First of all, to fill out a VAERS report requires 
usually a doctor. It, it requires extensive knowledge of, of medicine. And if you get caught falsifying a VAERS report, you go to jail. It's a federal offense. So this is all nonsense. And we have over 17,000 reported VAERS deaths that have been put in the system. The underreporting factor, and you have to understand this is, there's an underreporting factor, it, it, it's, it's pegged at anywhere between 15 and 42. You multiply 15 or 42 by 17,000, those are the likely deaths from the vaccine. So this is absurd. In 1976, we had the swine flu vaccine. There were, I think, about 50 deaths, anywhere between 25 and 50 deaths reported associated with the vaccine. They shut down the whole swine flu program, and there's a big investigation. Here we have 17,000 in the VAERS system already, and they just continue to whistle Dixie and, and go on as if that this isn't happening. It, it, I, I, it boggles my mind, really. So what changed, Ed? Why, why the difference from the 70s to the present? Well, apparently life got a lot cheaper. Uh, the federal government when it wasn't as big as it is now. There's been, unfortunately, with the printing of the money since the great financial crisis and the debt we've incurred, there's been a consolidation of power in Washington, D.C., Whatever guardrails used to be there are not there anymore, and I blame money as the polluting factor. Too much money concentrated in too few hands. That's where we are. One of the most disturbing aspects of all of this was uh, centering on the issue of pregnancy, that they said this was perfectly safe and even recommended for pregnant women. Uh, What was the result of that? The result of that has been disastrous. Dr. Naomi Wolf and her team at the, the, the Daily Cloud have looked at the clinical trials, and there's all sorts of signals that this was a disaster. I remember back in the day, if you were pregnant, doctors would tell pregnant women not to get any vaccine, mm-hmm. and that was standard protocol. And I remembered that, and I talked to a couple doctors when they started saying it was safe and effective and recommended pregnant women get it. I go, this is a change. This is not the normal standard way of operating in, in the general practice. And they said, yes, but this has changed. So uh, it was evil. It was wrong. And uh, the results are disastrous. Also continue to hear a push to vaccinate children. Our local health department recommending, well, if you're six months or older, you should get a vaccine. Uh, when is this madness going to stop and how? Well, the madness is going to stop uh, when enough critical mass of people are awake to this. And we're getting closer and closer to it every day. The good news is the booster uptake on this latest Pfizer and Moderna boosters, 3%. Uh, the stocks of both Pfizer and Moderna are in the tank. And I suspect as we roll through time and more and more people become aware of this issue, the political winds will shift and then politicians will uh, throw their uh, pharmaceutical lobbyist friends under the bus. But unfortunately, it's not going to happen unless enough people figure out what's going on and there's enough of an outcry, which I think we're rapidly approaching in the next year or so. When I interviewed Dr. Malone, he told me that he had been attacked on social media in an unprecedented way and that most of this was funded by Big Pharma and other shady entities. I'm just curious if you have been under attack for releasing this book or if you anticipate that coming. Yeah, I've been under attack. I've had a lot of trolls on social media and uh, hit pieces done on me. I I don't care. Uh, I don't have a doctor's license to take or uh you know, I'm, not, I'm not a lawyer. I can't take away my ability to practice law. I'm an investor, and investors are allowed to have freedom of speech and uh, a thesis, and this is my thesis. So I've lost a lot of friends. Uh, I've had some hit pieces written on me, but you know, I just, I just plow forward. When I first started this journey, I thought I was about 
I was 80% sure I was right. And since that began in 2021, the data has only gotten even more extreme. I, I'm, I'm 200% convinced that I'm right. And eventually I'll be vindicated. But, you know, it's about saving lives. It's not about me. Because quite frankly, if this isn't stopped, we're not going to have much of an economy as more and more people fall ill and we have to take care of the disabled and dying. So this is, this is a national security threat, in my humble opinion. Edward Dowd, if people would like to get a copy of your book, Cause Unknown, or if they want to follow your work online, tell us how, please. Yeah, so uh, Amazon.com is the best way to do it. Uh, the book is available. Also, our website still has ongoing research, financetechnologies.com, spelled with a PH, it's under the Humanity Projects. And we've put out a lot of reports since the book was published. And I'm found on uh, Twitter, at or, or X, as they call it now, at Dowd Edward, D-O-W-D Edward, and then on Getter, at Edward Dowd. You've done remarkable work. You've told the truth, and you've been honest about what you're telling people. Edward Dowd, thank you for joining us today on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thank you so much. That concludes another edition of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com, where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time.